0: I'm the only person who's used the Patriot Act. I'm the only person who's prosecuted terrorists. I'm the only person who's interacted in this way with law enforcement and the intelligence community over over time at the highest levels. And so, yeah, I think it plays into my strength.
1: From WNYC and New Jersey Public Radio, it's the Christie Tracker. A
0: Christie presidency won't be about me. It'll be about you. We need to support law enforcement, which this administration has not been doing. Relentless attacks from people in the media. i have to go Jersey on you, and then all of a sudden it starts to get a little ugly, you know?
1: I'm David First. Later on the show, we're going to be joined by Patrick Colligan, president of the New Jersey State Policemen's Benevolent Association, He has been warning officers across the country against supporting Christie's presidential bid. First, though, as our nation of immigrants prepares for Thanksgiving meals and events with family and friends, we pause here at the podcast to reflect on the Syrian refugees entering the country and on the latest discourse. I want surveillance of certain mosques, okay? If that's okay. I want surveillance.
2: I don't think orphans under five should be admitted into the United States at this point. We need to put the safety and security of the American people first.
3: Governor Christie
1: specifically said he did not think it was appropriate for small children to be brought
0: in. Is this what he wants to see happen to people? Is this what he wants to see happen to children? We don't accept that here in New York City. Mayor de Blasio should worry more about trying to get something done in the city of New York to make it safer than he should worry about criticizing anybody else. Given the way he's talking, maybe he should be mayor at Damascus.
1: If I win, they're going back. We can't have
0: them. What about the people currently living in New Jersey? Well, we're, we're looking at trying to figure out who they are and where they are because the federal government does not inform us of that.
1: Ali Ahmed is a Palestinian immigrant who came to this country 32 years ago. The 46-year-old pauses from his game of rummy to deliver a blunt assessment of Christie's comments this week.
2: I feel that he's a racist bastard. That's what I feel. I feel that he should have some mercy on people. I watched
1: when the World Trade Center came tumbling down. And I watched in Jersey City, New Jersey, where thousands and thousands of people
3: were cheering as that building was coming down. Totally untrue. And there was no rejoicing or anything. He's just making up that.
1: Either he's uh, willfully uh, making up lies or he has memory issues.
0: I do not remember that. It's not something that was part of my recollection. I think if it had happened, I would remember it. The day America says, close the gates, build the wall, then I say, take down the Statue of Liberty because you've gone to a different place.
1: From Governor Christie's comments about Syrian orphans to Donald Trump's assertion that he saw thousands cheering in Jersey City when the towers came down, New Jersey has become a central part of the national discussion on refugees and fears of terrorism in the aftermath of the Paris attacks. Here now to bring some context to the latest rhetoric is Matt Katz, who covers Governor Christie for New Jersey Public Radio and WNYC, and Matt Rooney, who runs the conservative Save Jersey blog. Welcome.
4: Thanks, David. Thanks for having us, David.
1: Governor Christie once again got to do one of his absolute favorite things this week, and that is answer questions about Donald Trump. And uh, Matt Katz, what was striking to many people was Christie's restraint when he was asked to respond to this Jersey City comment.
4: That's right. Uh, the governor has this history, controversial history in some corners, and and brave history in other quarters for defending Muslim Americans for going out of his way to convince conservatives that Muslims shouldn't be looked at with a broad brush. And this goes back to an appointment he made in his first term of an uh, Indian-born Muslim named Sohel Muhammad to Superior Court in Passaic County. The governor had worked with Muslims after September 11th when he was the U.S. attorney for New Jersey dealing with terrorism cases. He had said that Muslims were inappropriately detained by the FBI after 9-11 and And he therefore worked with those Muslims who um, authorities believed had nothing to do with terrorism to try to build inroads into the community, build intelligence. Now, one of those people who helped him do that was this guy, Sohail Muhammad. He was a lawyer who had represented those who were now deemed inappropriately detained. And Christie was so impressed with this guy that he appointed him as a judge. Sohail Muhammad
0: is an extraordinary American who is an outstanding lawyer and played an integral role in the post September 11th period in building bridges between the Muslim American community
4: in this state and law enforcement. I was there for it. I saw it personally. Mohammed goes to the Senate Judiciary Committee and he gets a pretty tough hearing from Republicans and Democrats. There was extensive reporting on Muhammad who was seen by some conservatives who who were concerned about Islamic terrorism as somebody who would implement Sharia Islamic law in New Jersey courts. They're criticizing him because he's a Muslim American and because
0: he represented people. Who were inappropriately detained by the FBI
4: post 9 11? This really bubbled up until the point uh, that a reporter at a press conference in 2011 asked Christie about it. And now, this was after Mohammed had been confirmed, and Christie's response was extraordinary. This Sharia law business is crap. It's just crazy. It's
0: just unnecessary to be accusing this guy of
4: things just because of his religious background. And when he said that, when he used the word crazies, liberals and moderates heard something there. They heard that this guy understands what they believe to be true, and that's that the far right is xenophobic and nativist, and maybe this Christie is a practical republican a moderate republican he's not one that would you know stoop to race baiting and muslim hating that he himself is not one of the crazies somebody who would call out you know people like donald trump who say very controversial things about muslims
1: matt rooney what do conservatives think about that appointment and uh, christie's powerful defense of it
2: well look at the end of the day i would like to think that all conservatives myself included uh, we support a constitutional system, right? That's what we're constantly concerned about. We're concerned that our constitutional system has been eroded, one and to protect our individual liberties. One of them is the right to counsel. Um, I never really understood much of the criticism of this particular judicial appointment, because my understanding is that Judge Mohammed never supported Sharia law. Nobody can point to any statement supporting Sharia law. He was representing some individuals who were accused of some nasty things. I'm an attorney. My firm handles defense work. I certainly hope people to read my website and friends and family don't judge me by everything my clients are accused of. That's the bedrock of the American judicial system. I don't think there's any doubt, as evidenced by the fact that there's a thousand FBI probes recently reported into domestic terror related to ISIS in the United States, that the enemy is already in our midst. But the chicken little problem now presents itself. If we're not going to be concerned with the facts then we're never going to be able to come up with solution to the problem. So when we accuse judges of supporting Sharia when there's no record of that, only a record that they did their job as attorneys under the Constitution, when we invent stories about thousands of people cheering in the streets, when there's absolutely no factual basis for it, we do a disservice to those who are actually trying to defend our homeland. It's counterproductive. And, you know, I have to say, David, I think about 80, 90 percent of conservatives are on my side with this one. Unfortunately, there is a minority within the Republican Party, depending on which poll you look at, anywhere from 15 to 25 percent, um, that back Donald Trump, that are being attracted to the loudest, angriest voice.
1: Do you think Christie said enough in response to uh, that to Trump comment?
2: Well, I don't think that it's really a matter of whether Chris Christie has an obligation to respond to Donald Trump. It's one of my least favorite aspects of this cycle. How much should we go at Donald Trump and try to correct him? But in so doing, are we actually building him up? And this is something, by the way, where I think the media actually is to blame, because Donald Trump is very much a creature of the media. We know we can get sound bites out of this guy. We know that he's going to say bombastic things. And he's been artificially built up because, quite frankly, he's good for ratings, That's helped elevate his status in almost any channel you watch, whether it's MSNBC, Fox, pick whichever outlet you prefer. Every single candidate that goes on is asked to respond to Donald Trump. Why? I don't understand that.
4: Because that's the nature of a frontrunner. The frontrunner says outlandish things. The frontrunner continues to get... A third of the support at least in uh, national polls among republicans and it 's natural for other candidates to be asked if they agree with what he 's saying. I, but I mean what you 're saying is similar to the to, to pushback I got this week for for tweeting some of this stuff from christie 's camp. They were like, Why do we have to respond to every utterance that Trump says in this particular case? Trump was slandering residents of Christie's home state. And the governor's response was he he basically punted. I do not remember that. Um, And so
0: um, it's not something that was part of my recollection. I think if it had happened, I would remember it, but you know, there could be things I forget too, but I don't remember that, no.
4: In and of itself, it wasn't that horrible of a response. However, it was in marked contrast to the way he had handled such issues in the past. There was a second time where the Sharia law issue bubbled up, it was uh, about a year and a half ago at a Republican Jewish coalition meeting. It is ridiculous and insulting
0: that because I nominated Sohail Muhammad that people somehow think that that means that I'm for Sharia law, it's
4: crap. And it's the only way I can describe it. And then he called it Internet Blog BS. And that's what I thought of when Christie was then asked to respond to Trump's own Internet Blog BS this week. And instead of calling it Internet Blog BS, The governor, uh, you know, kind of hemmed and hawed a little bit. And that's what I thought marked a contrast for me in his rhetoric, a sense that I got that Christie believes that those conspiracy theorists online and and, and some of the the people who are very uh, concerned about um, Islamic terrorism infiltrating the country, that he believes that they are too much of a significant factor in the Republican primaries for him to rile them up with anything, you know, any sort of comment that would really, like, pour cold water on Donald Trump.
1: We did actually get to see a more nuanced Chris Christie during his speech at the Council on Foreign Relations in D.C. this week.
0: I've appointed Muslim Americans to high-ranking positions in my administration, to the judiciary. Um, These are good, faithful Americans.
1: He went on to bring a little more nuance to his orphans comments.
0: I don't care any less about the widows and orphans of the Syrian war than the president does. Not one bit less. But my focus is different than his is. My focus is on the widows and orphans in the United States. My focus is on the widows and orphans of September 11th.
2: Part of the challenge here is this Islamic um, fundamentalism that we're facing. And the other challenge is a domestic problem, and that's how do we create a political conversation in this country where we don't focus solely on the individuals who are at the best at crafting hashtags? I think, frankly, there's a lot of guys out there like Chris Christie and his advisors who just, they don't know how to run this kind of campaign. They don't know how to deal with it. And like I think you said, Matt, we've never seen anything quite like this cycle. They haven't quite found a voice. And I think we'd be better off if we had the Chris Christie from 2009, 2010, that spoke clearly. He spoke articulately. Um, he was an unabashed conservative, but he had a way of communicating his views, views to nontraditional conservative groups like minority groups, like teachers' unions, that brought people into the coalition. And I think at the end of the day, regardless of whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, helped advance that dialogue. We could sure use that today at a time when Turkey's shooting down Russian planes and hundreds are being slaughtered in Paris. Of course, if I was advising Governor Christie, I'd be telling him to say different things. But I think the problem goes a lot deeper than Chris Christie's, uh, you know, inability to recall what he was saying a few months ago. I think that this is a a bigger crisis for American politics and everybody who's livelihood and everybody's prosperity and everybody's security depends on having a more intelligent conversation.
1: Well, I don't know if the uh, Thanksgiving weekend is going to provide an opportunity for a a reset on the rhetoric button, but uh, I'll say happy Thanksgiving nonetheless. Matt Rooney, who runs the conservative blog Save Jersey, and Matt Katz, who covers Governor Christie for New Jersey Public Radio and WNYC. Thanks again.
4: Thanks, David. Happy Thanksgiving to you guys, too.
1: At town hall meetings, in speeches, and on TV shows, Governor Christie routinely describes President Obama as someone who does not support law enforcement.
0: Lawlessness in America and around the world under Barack Obama. He hasn't backed up police officers from the minute he's gotten into office. I'll tell you the thing that disturbs me the most about what's going on with the Democratic Party in Washington, that they're not standing behind our police officers across this country. That they're allowing lawlessness... On the flip side, Christie says if he were president, there would be
1: no doubt about where he
0: stood. I spent seven years of my life in law enforcement, and here's what every law enforcement, all 700,000 of them, should know tonight. When President Christie's in the Oval Office, I'll have your back.
1: One of the main themes of his campaign is that he is the law and order guy, and he backs up law enforcement. But his relationship with police in New Jersey is complicated, a fact made obvious by the sharp criticism of Pat Colligan, president of the New Jersey State Policemen's Benevolent Association, who has been warning officers across the country not to support Governor Christie in his presidential bid. We're joined now by Pat Colligan. Welcome. Thanks for having me. You sent a letter this month to the National Association of Police Organizations, essentially asking
3: officers not to support his candidacy. What are your issues with the governor? We travel the country as part of NAPO, which is a national association of police organizations. We hear great things about our governor uh, from other law enforcement officers and, and people from California and the Midwest. They say, oh, what are, you know, Wow, what do you think of Christie? He's a good guy. And Christie may be a good guy, but he certainly doesn't have our backs. He certainly hasn't been... Uh, friendly to our position. Our organization, the New Jersey State PBA, has been around since 1896. We've had a relationship with every governor since 1896. We have had no relationship with this governor. Besides the fact that he's never met with us, besides the fact that we represent nine out of ten police officers in this state or law enforcement officers in this state, when he got into office, he, he systematically started degrading the law enforcement profession in New Jersey. We now have officers that are required to work an additional five years to collect their pension. It's at a reduced benefit. We had almost 4,000 layoffs in that first few years uh, when he was cutting budgets across the state. And these were layoffs in the in the big cities, not in the small towns that could absorb. Uh, you know, didn't have a crime problem. This was in Newark. This was in Patterson. So we we have four or five thousand officers laid off throughout this state. But then he came into the city of Camden, and this is something that he's trying to push throughout the state. He's trying to push in Atlantic City and Newark. He systematically laid off the entire police department, uh, dissolved the police department, made this a county metro unit. He started a new contract with the FOP. They're being paid a third less. Their authorized strength is over 400. They haven't made it yet. They will never make it with this contract. And I will almost guarantee that the attrition rate in that county agency is the highest in the country. The morale is terrible. The pay is terrible and they move on to, the, to communities that are going to pay them more, and they're going to have better working conditions. For that, and even other reasons, Governor Christie has not had the backs of New Jersey law enforcement. When the governor goes on national TV and
1: says...
0: Let me tell you very clearly, I'll be a president who will back up law enforcement, back up the police officers, because I was a law enforcement officer. I know how hard these jobs are.
3: What goes through your mind? You know, it's tough for me to say that a lawyer, which is exactly what he was with the attorney, U.S. Attorney's Office, he's a lawyer. He's sitting behind a desk. He doesn't know what it's like to put on a gun. He doesn't put on a vest in the morning. He doesn't get in a patrol car. He doesn't make arrests. He doesn't have people resisting arrest. He's not working in the environment of 2015 where people don't seem to want to comply with lawful orders. So save it. I don't want to hear that you're a law enforcement officer when you've never stepped foot in a patrol car, you've never worked in a, in a precinct in your entire life. You've showed up for press conferences, you played this hard line that you were a law enforcement officer, when quite simply, you are an attorney with a cushy job for a few years, and, uh, and that's really about it. On CBS's Face the Nation host, John Dickerson, asked him about
1: Ferguson. FBI Director James Comey said something interesting. He suggested that police across the country may be more reluctant to uh, crack down on crime because of what's the so-called Ferguson effect, named after the Michael Brown murder in Ferguson, Missouri. Do you see any of that in New Jersey, that reticence, because it's now become such a politicized issue?
0: I don't see it in New Jersey because the leader of New Jersey tells the police officers to go out and do their job without exception.
3: I'd like to see where he told us to go do that. I mean, this is the Ferguson since that August. Our job has, has just changed dramatically, and, and it's something that will affect our careers, you know, this profession f- for decades to come. I haven't gotten the message from Governor Christie. He hasn't told me or any of my members to, to go out and not change, but there, there is no history of him being pro law enforcement. Christie reduced benefits, imposed higher costs for
1: public workers, has not funded the pension system at the level that he promised. When it comes right down to it, you know, for you guys, is it really about the pension issue, Um, money, contracts, benefits, and is that a big enough reason to justify this warning, to not support him?
3: If you're on a national stage and you're telling law enforcement throughout this country for a vote, that he's going to support law enforcement. I'm going to tell you that uh, when he signed Chapter 78, which is a New Jersey statute back in 2010, I knew then that it would be 10 years before I saw a raise. Uh, I didn't foresee the massive amounts of, of police officer layoffs. I didn't see him coming into a, into a major city and, and terminating the entire police force. In Camden County, he's, he's in this Camden Metro Police Department. We can't even calculate how much money he spent to make this shell game stand on its own and it still hasn't stood on its own. No other town in Camden County wants to get in on this this debacle called the Camden Metro Police Department. You say it's a disaster there but Christy on TV
0: says that in a city like Camden where in the last three years after we replaced the police department there John um, and backed them up completely all the political folks murder rate is down 61 percent in the last three years in Camden.
3: It doesn't sound like a debacle, but again, when you look at the, the crime statistics for the entire state, those that weren't infused with an unknown amount of millions of dollars, those that weren't infused with 100 extra police officers, still had those significant drops around the state. If you look at the Camden Metro Police Department, and really investigate it, you will know that it, it is not a cost savings. It is actually, you better get ready to be infused with state cash. And when you when you find out that that state cash dries up, you're going to be back to square one trying to form a regular police department.
1: Pat Colligan, president of the New Jersey State Policemen's Benevolent Association. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. I appreciate getting our views out. The Christy Tracker Podcast is a production of WNYC and New Jersey Public Radio, thanks to associate producer Joseph Capriglione. Our theme music is by 29-Hour Music People. You can subscribe to The Christy Tracker Podcast on iTunes, like us on Facebook, and you can follow Matt Katz at MattKatz00. That's Matt, K-A-T-Z. I'm David First. We'll let the governor have the last word.
0: If you ask for a pause on the entry of Syrian refugees to make sure that the FBI and intelligence communities can effectively vet them, you're accused of xenophobia.